Right, guys, episode 63 of Take Flight Podcast. Welcome back. Hope you've all had a wonderful week, wonderful couple of weeks since our last episode. How are you guys all doing? Doing good, thanks. Yeah. So at this time, when the listeners are going to hear this episode, we will be in lockdown number two. Um, so, you know, I'll say it's a tough one because my birthday is in, um, oh, Pibilo's as well. Um, birthday's in November. So mm. I remember the first lockdown, looking at all those people that missed out on their birthday celebrations. Like, ah. <laughs> <Shame. Hey. laughs> and now look at karma. <laughs> it's come back to <laughs> And so I've had to cancel my birthday celebration, which I didn't really even have anything planned. So did yeah, you have anything? For me, for me, for me, it's okay. I can still go outside. Huh? Oh yeah, you can still go outside. I'm locked. I'm locked up. Yeah, but only, but only question on that. How are you feeling though? Because obviously you're you're alone, so you obviously have your support bubble that you can connect with from one other household. Yeah. So the good thing is, um, my I'm basically spending quite a bit of time with my brother and my sister-in-law. So I get to spend some time with my um, some time with my nephews. Um, so that's helped me out. I would say anyone that's staying by themselves find a support bubble. Right. This I think they've learned from the previous lockdown that that was so restricted. A lot of people were struggling with depression and other stuff, right? So this one, they're trying to encourage people to still keep some form of interaction, um, even though that might just be with another family if you're one person or one other individual, um, but more just keeping everyone safe, but just, yeah, less of the sort of stringent and harsh lockdown that we had the first time. So we'll see how this one goes. One month starting now. Um, I had some vacation time end of November. I'm planning to move that. Hopefully, if everything opens in December, I might go for a cheeky week in Bali or somewhere like that. <laughs> Who knows? Week Bali. If I, you know, say? After, after the year that we've all had, I think you deserve at least three weeks, big man. Treat yourself. I thought you were going to say you're going to go to Turkey. So. Nah, I've already been. I've already got my, all my operations done last time. <laughs> <laughs> my hairline. My hairline's back. <laughs> Bolu, on that topic, if you want, um, as when this episode is released, I will be back in uh, Sweden. And as P said, Switzerland is also not in a lockdown. So if either of you, Daniel or Olu, you want to travel anywhere for for work, we can say that it's podcast related and just come visit That's us. That's true. That is true. For a few days. Well, you, need to, you need to let me know how cold it is there because I'm not trying to go to some freezing conditions. But apart from that, I'm down for that. I mean, I've seen your camel coat, so you can definitely look good in the winter. So, it's all good. <laughs> uh, but guys, so we are we are back now for episode sixty-two, and this is building a little bit on um, some of the topics in recent episodes around um, finances. What's the perfect salary, etc.? How much money can make you happy? Now, this topic is around net worth and self worth, and this is a topic being brought up by Mister Personal Finance Mentor, uh, Money in the Bank, Pavilo Timbo. Uh, so he'll be leading this episode. <laughs> <laughs> At 3%. I never gave myself interest. <laughs> no, no, um, sure, you're absolutely right. It was The idea was sort of to do a hat trick. For the last two episodes, we were basically talking about uh, money, wealth, and I think giving some really good content to our listeners. So I thought I'd just do one episode on um, a discussion around net worth and then switch it to self-worth. But before we dive into that sort of discussion... Um, what kind of triggered the thought process was this documentary on Netflix called, called Billionaires Explained. 
Um, and so it's just, it's a, it's about a 23 minute episode uh, where, in fact, the whole explained series. Was right, going, right up your 23 minutes, right up your street. Anything longer than 45 and not watching. <laughs> it's like your book's nice and short. Isn't it? I'm telling you. <laughs> I'll show you, I'll show you my collection. I'll show you my collection. I have to warm you up. But um, no, no, no. So, so it's, it was a so it's a couple. I think it's good insights as to sort of those that have created wealth. Um, some interesting insights that perhaps I haven't seen on other documentaries. So, I kind of wanted to sort of share some of those insights with with our listeners, and then we can switch to a net worth and self worth discussion. So, um, everyone on here has, has had a chance to listen to or watch, should I say, the series. I guess I want to just open up um, as an open discussion. What were some of the sort of things that took you by surprise and things that you thought would be interesting to share with people listening. Boom. So looking forward to the conversation. So let's hit the music and then the episode will start. Take off, take flight with you. We never fly, but we're flying. Let's, let's, um, I want you sort of us to share what were some of the, um, t- our key takeaways from watching that, um, series uh what surprised you what was what was new and i think whatever we do discuss i think will be very relevant for for listeners especially those that are you know are focused on building wealth then you went mute um who wants who wants to go who wants to go first daniel you want to go first <laughs> we're gonna find out we're gonna find out if we watched it i could go first um okay um and I think we're going to have discussions back and forth as we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, open. Like, it looks like on your glasses that you're watching it now, big man. Oh, my. It's my note. Um, no, um, sorry. Okay, so, the, the first thing that, um, that stood out to me, I, I would say nothing, nothing from the show or the, the small documentary was um, a surprise. I wouldn't say it was a surprise. So, I think the first thing it addresses is sort of the increases in billionaires that have been created. Mm. I think um, that hasn't really been a surprise. We've seen such a a boom in the tech industry, right? We've seen Jeff Bezos. We've seen all these different billionaires being created. Um, So in that first point in terms of the increase of billionaires, that made me first stop and think of... When I think about money and the economy, is there a cap on like the total total wealth or is it just something that continuously grows, continuously generates? So the way I think about it, is there like X trillion amount of money in the world and that gets allocated and just moves around or are we continuously just creating more money, more money? And then when you start to think about the creation of money, then does that then devalue what cash is, right? So 100 pounds 200 years ago means a lot more than 100 pounds now, right? Um, So I think that was the first point that came up. The second part that came up was around, do I personally have a problem with billionaires and do I feel like being a billionaire is right or wrong? Um, And that made me have contradicting views. The first one was I truly believe that you should be rewarded for innovation and revolutionizing the way of life, people's way of life, right? If you didn't reward people, 
from innovation, we would still be in the cave. We would still be in caves, right? They, like you should reward people for being able to come up with the iPhone, being able to come up with a car, making people's lives easier, more efficient, right? So, but my biggest problem was just the tax structure and how little or limited tax billionaires pay. So I have zero problem with them being rewarded for the innovation. My problem and the broken system then becomes how do you tax people on the money or billionaires on the money that they generate? And then, yeah, yeah. No, I think just to interject on that point, I think what's interesting there is um, on some of the interviews that were part of the, the series, it so so it's it's a it's a known fact that billionaires actually hire people to make sure that their taxes optimized, if not yeah. brought down to zero, right? And that that um, documentary explained it. But then they were asked questions like they do think they do believe that they should be paying more. The question is, if they end up paying more, they then start to change how they do business. So how many jobs they offer, right? And these things. So it's it's an interesting discussion because well, I think it needs it, to be a global thing, right? Because you know the way it works is if a, one country increases their tax people will move offshore and go to other. So it needs to be a global solution and it can't just be one country trying to, because all that means is you're just going to lose those billionaires and they're going to go somewhere else and create those jobs somewhere else. So it needs to be a, and then with that point is like, do I believe by having these billionaires, right? Is it that this 1% of people are holding all the wealth and would we ever catch up? Like anyone that's not already in that billionaire mm. circle, will you catch up? And the reason I say that is there's a there's a great saying that the hardest thing you're ever going to do is generate your first million. The moment you generate your first million, money starts to become so easy to produce. So someone that's got a billion is just going to continuously, P knows about his 3% interest, right? <laughs> just continuously generate more and more income. So if they've already got a head start, are the average individual going to be able to catch up to that person? Or is that just small society just going to hold up all the wealth of the world? And then that's where we start to get poverty and stuff like that. And I feel like the America sells that American dream of, oh, but you can become a billionaire. Let's be correct. It's a very, very, very small percentage of people. Yeah. Like even when 50 Cent was talking about um, like taxes in the States where it was like, oh, if you earn... 400k you're going to be taxed 60%. This guy needs most, to get a new account, man. Most of the people that were getting upset with that will never make 400 uh, 400k a year, yeah. but again, and it's like but the American dream and the western dream sells you that no, I can make that if I work hard enough. And yeah, it's, I just feel like we're in a broken system and I don't see the solution in that broken system because for them to change those laws it needs to be implemented by the rich and governments and that's never going to happen. Well, it seemed like this documentary fired you up, boy. I'm telling you. Um, but just quick, just, just, quickly, just, just, a quick, just a quick plug before I give it to one of the other guys. Um, you, you mentioned about the, the thing about catching up or the, or the idea of catching up. One of the things that I thought was quite interesting from um, watching it, it spoke about this. It says to, to, for, for £100 to become £110, that's work. For £100 million to become £110 million, that's inevitable. And the hundred pound situation is a case of it's very difficult not to spend that increase and it's very difficult to invest that versus the hundred million that's just inevitably going to grow. So I thought that was actually like um, 
quite eye-opening way of of putting it in a very succinct form in terms of especially with three percent just how <laughs> just how just how difficult it is yeah to grow a smaller amount of capital mm. but um but yeah um sure daniel some Pete, just, to, just to very quickly piggyback on that then i'll hand over to daniel um building on that comment i love that quote as well about the hundred dollars versus a hundred million and also the fact that the system taxes the hundred dollars more than the hundred million if it's capital allocated. So then you start to see all these signs how, when people say, oh, the system's rigged, the system's this, the way that all of these are constructed and set up, you're, you're not, if you're working every day and you're exchanging your time for money and you're not investing because you physically can't, the system just isn't built isn't built for you. And even at the end of it, you're, you're paying a higher proportion tax. So mm. that was just the one comment to add to the uh, $100 and $100 million. Daniel, go ahead. Pete, back to your original question. Um, this short documentary did kind of qualify some personal conjecture. And that's been around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? Right, cool. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready, Daniel. I'm ready. Well, look, the, the fact that the fact that the lot, a lot of modern day billionaires, so it's risen, number of billionaires has risen dramatically since the 60s uh, to the modern day. And they're over 15, but over, it's increased by over 15 times. And a lot of the billionaire, billionaires nowadays are those that are inventors like Spotify, um, automobiles, social media networks, etc. from Silicon Valley and using technology. So, you know, that's something that we all are aware of. And previously it's been predominantly those who have been heirs so like the, you know, the Walmart family from John D. Rockefeller and all those type of lines and, in, and lineage. But what's also was quite alarming and quite interesting is the rise of billionaires in power. So it spoke about 100 polit- in, in, in the Chinese parliament, 100 of them are billionaires, even around the world. Trump, he's a billionaire. And a lot of the world leaders are billionaires. So it's also the rise of power. And it makes you then think, if these people are in positions of power who have money, are they making policies and changes for the benefit of people who aren't billionaires? Or is it for them, which I think we can say, is for them to benefit more from, you know, creative taxing, taxing systems, tax systems. Um, also, on the other hand, as we mentioned about the, the different types of tax and the structure, one thing that stood out to me in many of the examples and juxtapositions positions given were the the the, the relationship or, or the differences between ownership and labor. Mm. Um, so like Shawel mentioned, you get less, you're taxed a lot less if you're an owner, you're taxed a lot more if you are normal everyday worker. And when it comes, to, and when it, when, it, when it comes, when it comes to, um, when it comes to thinking about the billionaires and what they do. And of course we know about the Cayman Islands, it's a safe haven and over in one building over 20,000 registered companies to avoid this tax, <laughs> which is which is absolutely <clears throat> ludicrous. It gets you thinking, we're probably not ever going to, uh, you have to have some sort of creativity and you have to hire someone who is going to do that for you. But it's almost like we're shifting in the terms of if you want to attain that kind of wealth, you can't be an employee. And Michael Jordan has amassed his billions by being an owner. Mm-hmm. All the money he made from his time playing for Chicago Bulls doesn't equate to his wealth now. When you look at CEOs' paychecks or when they say, I'm receiving you know, zero salary, that's fine. But what is their ownership on in their stocks? 
publicly traded stocks that are soaring year on year because of um because of performance performance um company performance mm. so if you're ever at the position of <clears throat> excuse me even if you're offered a job a new job and they say oh you can have a stake in the company always take that stake forget about the salary take the base but take a share in the company because ultimately you want that company to perform you want to do a role where it's going to excel the company the company doesn't want to fail you take a good position good stake in that company you've got equity equity is far more valuable than your current base salary so what stood out to me again was the the level of ownership and the comfort the <clears throat> the persistent and constant emphasis on ownership and capital because yeah, capital and- will continue to make you money yeah, and, and they put it in a very nice, succinct way. They said um, about the Michael Jordan situation, he became a millionaire through his labor, but he became a billionaire through his capital. And capital is anything that you own that produces money. So it's it's when you watch it, you you it, it very clearly sends the message, you need to convert labor to capital. Mm-hmm. If you're to have any chance, at, um, not necessarily being a billionaire, but to create wealth, right? Um, so it's, um, yeah, interesting. And I think when you say that, Pete, especially when you're starting from ground zero, a lot of people have a mentality of, oh, I never want to be, I never want to do labor, right? <laughs> labor is, when you're starting from ground zero, you need that labor to be, and like P said, to convert whatever you make from your labor into capital, assets, and businesses and ownership. Yeah, but if you only stay in that phase one where you're just working, 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 and just getting a salary, you're always going to get taxed ridiculous amounts. You're never going to become a billionaire or even in most people's cases, a millionaire until you start to convert into capital. And like what Daniel said is, like I said at the beginning, right? Capital of money is always being generated. Mm. And even when we've looked at this economy right now, we've seen stocks going up. But an unfortunate part about that is how many people even own stocks? Unless it's part of their pension, if they're if they're invested in the stock market, most people don't own any stocks. So that means if they say a trillion more money is being generated through the stock market, you ain't getting a piece. You don't You're get not a part piece of that. Of that. Not part of that because you don't own anything, and that's why ownership, if it's from asset, whatever it could be, yeah, any sort of ownership, is key, because that's how money is generated, just from ownership of capital. There's something yeah. else I was going to add. Something, something that stood out to me, or well, not stood out. I've always kind of questioned the Forbes Rich List because that was constructed, I think, in the '80s, the first edition. And with the Rich List, it's only things that are publicly available yes. that you can quantify how much someone is worth. Because if I tell you, "Oh, my salary can be found on Glassdoor," but you don't know other private ventures, you can't tell me how much I'm worth. Yeah. And when it comes to the Rich List, I've always, you know, questioned about it because. You don't really know someone's true net worth because they can be hiding a certain amount of money, you know, after the Panama Papers, you know, David Cameron, you know, the, the royal family. Of course, yeah. you're never going to want that public. So, and it even made me think, Nigeria, they, they will probably be on the top 100. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. It's true. Well, no, the they, can't, they can't account for legitimate ways of acquiring that money. 100%. And it goes back to, it goes back to like the, the, um, the kleptocrats. So the kleptocrats yeah. are, are often those who have, Acquired their money by stealing government resources, or otherwise you can call them money drops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Traditionally, you know, the, the Russians, and and what they do, uh, it comes from the Greek meaning. Um, I think uh, kleptes, which means thief, and kratos, which means power or rule. So it t- coins the term kleptocrats. But 
when it came to the kleptocrats and Russians and all, when they broke it down by countries and how much tax they pay versus how much they 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 make or, or, or work, <laughs> the Russians they they double. It's double like tax evasion, and it's absolutely crazy because when you think about Roman Abramovich, he came off the scene from nowhere, <laughs> and he came to the UK. To, uh, let me stop talking about Russia, in fact. You know what I'm going to say? What I'm going to say, I noticed, even in the documentary, yeah, the lady, or whoever was narrating, was treading very carefully about talking about Russia's state of affairs. So you're, you're going a bit, you're, you're a bit too pumped. I just want to make it clear. I just want to make no, it clear. That think... was not Olu that said anything about Russia. <laughs> I just want to make it no, clear. Olu, we're not I the think, same. We're not the same. I think, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think, you know what's interesting? I think, Dan, it's a great point you mentioned because it is misunderstood, right? People look at the Forbes... And the, the average person believes that Jeff Bezos is the richest person on earth, which if yeah. you if you if you know a couple of things about wealth, you know, that's that's certainly not true. Because, again, going back to your point, it's very difficult for them to account for all of the other wealth that they've got either wrapped up in trusts or other LLCs or around the world. But the other thing also for me, which is a little bit misleading, yeah, or people don't necessarily tend to consider or tend to consider is the fact that it's paper. It's on paper. So, so how much is Jeff Bezos worth today? They say hundred and what? Hundred and eighty, hundred and ninety something. So hundred and eighty, hundred and ninety, right? So people tend to say, oh, he must have that, right? It's and, not liquid and cash. It's not liquid. And so, if he was to announce, for example, that he's leaving Amazon, the shares are going to tank significantly. And when he does leave, he's going to have a lot less than what it says on paper. So, for me, the whole net worth, and we can bring that into the next discussion, is is only. It's a bit like it's vanity, right? Um, what I would what I would like to see is a free cash flow list. Who's bringing in that cash? Do you know what I'm saying? Every year, trust me. Go ahead. Is, I would say it's not vanity, based on what you can do based on your network. So a lot of a lot of people, these billionaires, borrow against their net worth. So I remember I was hearing um, Elon Musk, and he was saying how. He, he's got most of his wealth and everything in stocks stocks of um, Tesla. And he's like, if he ever needs money, you go to the bank. And just the same as if you go to the bank and you've got houses or whatever, you can borrow yeah, against the asset. So okay. that is where they, and the good thing about borrowing against those assets is you don't pay tax because it's not salary. Might so see. that's how they become smart with how they make the money. So I say, yes, it's not money in their cash and in, in a bank account, it's not liquid. But having that on a piece of paper and having it being audited and saying, okay, this is your net worth, right, allows you to borrow against it and not pay tax on the money that you borrow from the bank. And yeah. now that interest low, interest is so low, it makes sense. But I think the scary part is when I and we got a topic on that. When I put my net worth together, <laughs> play with a few of them. <laughs> no, you know, before, we, before we go into that topic what I will say is no thanks for that because that, that's actually changed my opinion and thinking um, and so perhaps I guess because I personally not had to use my net worth for security to get something I don't know how that game is played right so but but I see, game, I see uh, that's how they play fair enough fair enough no, I take, Wait, I take before, that. Before, before we move on to that of the, the next right. segment the last thing I was going to say is I know you're going to say the Donald Trump. No, 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 not the Donald Trump. Just, just, put, just, put, the, just put it on that though. Just put it on that. So one of the things they mentioned is that anything that's pri privately traded, and this, and sure, yeah. like the sign of this, you can value it as of however you want, right? And so they said something. Yeah. 
Donald Trump said, "Why, why, why, why would I like the Southerners?" We're going to come to it. And so, at one point, they basically Donald Trump said he and his family believed they were worth five hundred million, right? And she emphasized belief because there was nothing for them to prove otherwise. So, if anything, you have is privately traded um, a brand, or you could say your brand is worth however much you think it's worth. So, it's, so it's, I would uh, like to say that Take Flight Podcast brand is now worth one billion. <laughs> <laughs> within reason, within reason, within reason. But, um, but yeah, Daniel, go ahead. Let me only let me a fiver. Um, <laughs> no, it was the part about when we, when people are, have amassed a certain amount of wealth, or say celebrities like Elon Musk and what he did for the Flint Water um, crisis in Michigan a few years ago. We often expect celebrities or those of means to help intervene for public or common world issues. So what? So yeah, and sometimes we put them on such high pedestals that we expect them to do things to speak up for basic human rights or things that need government intervention or what the local authority should be doing. So when you think about the uh, Elon Musk, did he tried to help? clean the water in Flint, Michigan, and provide, you know, clean water to every, and clean running water to every home, because of course it was it was poisonous. But should we be expecting people in such high status or celebrities or those with money to be doing these things? Because we ultimately are, although they may want to help, they may be doing things for personal political gain, which is something we obviously and can take, take turn a blind eye to because we're thinking about our personal immediate benefit rather than the long-term ramifications because when it comes even to say you know elections or you know donations to political parties people will be doing these you know overtly extravagant donations and publicly announcing it and it's you know it helps influence that party winning or it aims to help influence that party winning so i don't think it's always a good thing that we expect people to help out where it should be the government's local authorities stepping in and doing doing their job especially when it's for basic human rights yeah that you i totally agree i don't think I just, I don't believe money and celebrity gives you the qualifications to solve all these problems, right? It's just the same thing with NSARS. Like, Anthony Joshua was getting crushed because he didn't say anything. And I was like, what makes you think he knows what to say? What Just because he's a celebrity yeah, yeah. means he has the solution mm-hmm. for it. And I think so many times we we look for celebrities, LeBron James, all these people, to solve the world's problems and a lot of times they're just not qualified for it so it goes back to the point that if people are taxed appropriately right then it's the government's responsibility who are who have actually been put in those positions to do those jobs to actually do and solve those um those uh, particular problems or issues that we have in the world the problem then becomes when they're not taxed enough then we start to have deficits and not enough funds or income to actually resolve them. Yeah, no, good stuff, good stuff. Really, really good. So um, just encourage our listeners to really check into that. Um, so it's called uh, Billionaires Explained on Netflix. Um, really good insights. So one one thing I'll plug in before we move on to the next topic. On that, on that series, there was one thing that this, I think it was an oil tycoon that basically said in court, he's, someone said to oh, him, no, you no, know you're, what you're... You're staring. I've got that written down. I've got that line. <laughs> he said, well, I need it. I need it to jump onto the next episode, right? So, or next uh, segment. He basically said, um, if you, he was asked, do you know what your net worth is, right? And the guy said to him, if anyone knows what their net worth is, they're probably not worth a lot. 
Right? So <laughs> with that <laughs> with that being said, guys, let's move on to net worth. So I don't know, man. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so let's <laughs> so let so I, I guess the first question is um I'll ask you guys, do you how much does your net worth matter to, to you? Do you track it? Um yeah, do you know what it is? Do you track it? What, what does he say? If you know how much your net worth, if you know how much you're worth, you're probably not worth too much. <laughs> which, I, which I think is true, right? Because how do you how do you price up all your assets? Um, but yeah, sure. The I'm, I'm, why, first in this I'm sure you can put your assets in one spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> line line one thousand four hundred and four. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Oh, go ahead, sure, go ahead. What's your thoughts um, on net worth? Uh, so, do I track net worth? I don't track net worth. Okay. Because it's all private holdings, so I can make uh, up that number. That's a, that's um, a line. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so what I do track, what I do track is I track assets under management. Okay. <laughs> which is basically the value of the assets. <laughs> what about the liabilities? Or, or the, 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 I don't track. I <laughs> oh wait! I cannot wait for Pete's answer on this one. No, I don't track. I don't track. Um, I don't track net worth. What I do track is I track the asset values of the assets I have under management. That's one thing. I do track religiously my monthly cash flow, so in and out. And these are the two figures that are important to me. Now, of course, I have the detail of those assets, of especially the property side. How much is owing via mortgage? How much is equity? I do have that information. Do I track that as much as those two data points I mentioned? No, but I have that information. Yeah, I've taught I've taught you very well, mate. Yep. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, well, you go ahead. You go ahead. Go. No, so I'll go next. So um, I, for quite some time, I was actually tracking my net worth because I guess for a long time, I thought it was a way to keep score. And it does represent value that you've created, right? Um. But then, and that's why I mentioned my point earlier in the episode, I said that net worth is, is vanity and cash flow is sanity. And I've come to learn that. And Olu's educated me in the fact that net worth actually does account when you get into a certain space. Um, so, so for me, the net worth has always been more, it, it, I've come to learn, I've come to feel like it's more of an ego play as opposed to how you can actually do something with it, right? So only probably in the last, last year and so, I've kind of stopped tracking it. Um, and you've got a rough idea of what it is, right? But... To Shaw's point, I do exactly the same thing. So assets is assets under management is, is the value, is the number I focus on, plus also that passive income number per month. Mm. So the cash so that, the cash flow, yeah, free cash flow. Daniel, yeah. oh, I pay someone to do that for me. Yeah, Olu. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Daniel, Daniel, go ahead. Daniel, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, seriously, and someone else does it for me. What your account, your your accounts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, my wife. Yeah. Okay. 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 Fair enough. <laughs> Actually, Danny, you know, so on that question, so I think I remember in an episode where I think you were sh- you were sharing about activities that you split with you and your wife, and yeah. there was they are building on the idea that actually she could do some things better, and also vice versa. Is that mm-hmm. something that Melissa manages? But do you like every once in a while look at, or that's basically completely? Uh, managed by Melissa and then if she has any questions she comes to you honestly I don't care leave it to her I don't okay. even want to know but yeah. we do have yeah like we do have um periodic reviews or sometimes some months she'll just she'll just we'll sit down and break things down um but honestly I don't not that I don't care 
I don't invest too much interest because she has it all under control, so I don't have yeah. to worry. So okay. she she has handles everything, so I don't I don't have to worry about that. Okay, nice. Well, can't wait to get married then. All right, Oli, go ahead. <laughs> so um, for me, yeah, I track. I started tracking it at the beginning of um this year. I think last year. I think it was last year when I turned. It was when I turned thirty. Okay. Um, why, why? I know why you did that. So I wanted to really understand how much was I worth. Like I was like, it was going through the value of me saying, okay, I know how much my assets are worth, but I've also got some liability, some debt associated to it, right? And I really sat down and I just moved roles. Um, so I had my pensions, I had stocks all over the place, just everywhere, right? And with my parents, we were talking about putting together my mom's will and all of that stuff. And I was like, okay, me having one place where I have everything that I have to my name actually makes sense. So in the future, when I have kids, this is something I can pass down to them and say, this is my net worth. So I started tracking my net worth and I put it first on property, right? Which was the largest amount of assets I owned, right? It was through properties that I own. And I felt good. That's my next question. That's my next. Go ahead, go ahead. Until I put the debt associated to it, right? And then I started to work out. I said, okay, I still got a long way to go. Okay, so let me now be more long way to go until I guess million. You're talking about? Yeah. Or, or not? No, not a long way to go to a million, but a long way to go to a billion. I think no, not to, not a long way, but a fair amount of a fair amount of work to get to a million. Let's say. So I'm speaking for you. Um, I'm in your terms. Sorry. Without not putting my number out there, yeah. No, we're not. No, not asking for numbers. Not asking for numbers. but not. A, so I was, I was surprised about the map. So in a good way, when in, I had yeah. everything there, right? Mm -hmm. But I realized I still have a long way to go, if okay. that makes sense. So yeah. I was happy, but it was it made me happy. But I said, okay, if I continue, Did, going can, in, I, can yeah. I ask a question? Are you tracking what currency are you tracking in? Pounds, dollars, <laughs> pounds, or, pounds. Or, Nigerian, oh. okay, okay, just check. I've been a millionaire time ago in Naira. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, so I put the assets there. Then obviously after offsetting it with the debt, I was like, okay, cool, I understand that. Then I started to put stocks there, my pension, um, my like the business that I have, putting that there and saying, okay, how do I value? How do I value? How do I value it? How did you so value the business? I actually went conservative and just put the amount of money that I've actually invested into the business. It's why I did. So that is very conservative where me. I just you, value the book value. But you can you can do a multiplier. You can do a multiplier of the cash flow. Yeah, I can do a multiplier. But then what's the multiplier, right? That's subjective. You you, you determine. That's that's again. We're talking <laughs> yeah. about Donald Trump. You determine so what it is. This right? was. You got to realize that this one was a is a private net worth if i'm doing a public net worth then i can become more creative with what i decide to put so by doing the exercise i think the two things that it made me do was one understand where i am and i think it's very important just to understand where you truly are because i think a lot of times yeah you should never lie to yourself and i think a lot of times we lie to ourselves um by either just and like just looking at just assets or either just looking at whatever we want to whatever we want to look to make so that looks good, right? Yeah. I'll be honest with you. When I look at my cash flow element of it, I'm like, oh, that's something I need to work on. 
same as when I looked at my net worth, I was like, oh, I'm overly focused on just property. What am I doing in terms of stocks and dividends, right? Mm -hmm. I look at so many of these um, Warren Buffett who earn so much money through dividends in their in the portfolio. And then it also allowed me to truly put a goal based on my net worth and saying, okay, I see my property value has gone up significantly. That's a way for me to gain more net worth. So let me invest more in properties. I see stocks is more for my cash flow. I'll do that. So it gives me the ability to come up with a strategy based on just looking at my network. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's the, the key way and the reason I track it. I track it every month because I also look at my goal to increase in it. Is it going up or down based on my investments? Um, um, but you, that's not the only thing you track, right? Net worth is one thing of many that you track. I say the two things, the two main things I track, net worth yeah. and my monthly investments. So I'm not even doing, I'm not even tracking cash flow at this precise moment because I'm not reliant on cash flow at the moment. Right okay. now, I've got a mentality of if I'm disciplined with what I'm investing, the cash flow will come when I stop and look at it, if that makes mm. sense. So if I'm disciplined to say, because for me, it's just rules. Okay, put X amount in dividend stocks every month. Don't ever stop. Just continue doing that. Yeah. Put X amount aside to buy a property each year. No matter what, don't stop doing that. Put X amount in starting businesses or whatever. Don't do it. And then hopefully in five, 10 years when I stop, I'm looking at the dividends and it's generating maybe a thousand pounds of dividends a month. I look at the properties and it's generating two or three thousand a month. But I think if I stop and look at the cash flow, it might be disheartening. Because I look at it and just because you know when something's moving too slow, sometimes you're like, oh, look, okay. stop. No, 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 but that's okay, okay, fair enough. That's maybe yeah. then question. How do you then how actually, now, real quick, just, just real quick, just before we continue um discussing, I'm aware that some of our listeners may not actually fully be aware of how you calculate your net worth. So your, your net worth is a very simple and straightforward calculation. It's yeah. simply your assets minus your liabilities. So assets can come in the form of um property, cash stock investments you can even put a car there it's a depreciating yeah. asset but it's an asset nevertheless arts. and then oh, you can right. put art um you can you've got ip there you've got a personal brand you can put there if you have a value on that so these are the assets and then you deduct that from your liabilities usually um consumer debt credit cards mortgage debt um things which you have to pay back on on a monthly basis or quarterly um and the key thing i would say for the listeners you can make this fun so any celebrity or person that you know, you should actually Google their net worth and see what is it made up of, right? The last thing I'll say you'll find there is their salary from their job. So like I don't, <laughs> your salary on your job doesn't go on your net worth, right? It's not, it's yeah, what, what do you own? It's ownership. Network is really ownership. What do you actually own? So you could pass down generation after generation. Um, so quick, because I want to move into the self-worth discussion. So, so Olu said he feels good about his, his net worth. Daniel, how do you feel about your net worth? Hmm. Can you go? Okay. That's what it. Can you? Be better. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and what about sure. you? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, P, you go next, actually. Yeah, the climb to a million is is tough. And 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 I think I think that that um just the, a million? Is that all you're climbing to? No, no, no. But I think I think because we're talking oh, if we about climb to a million, then, 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 then <laughs> then, I don't run it, run it, talk. Let me not steal your thunder, go on, carry on, carry on. 
Say your piece. Uh, no, go ahead. I'm serious. I'm serious. Go ahead. Say your piece. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I'll go off. No, I think. I think. For I think for many of us, um, um, not many, all of us, right? Most of us, um, when you're building it from zero, right? Um, that first, you see, we're talking about a million in net worth, not in assets. It's a different discussion, right? Um, but in net worth, that's really where the work is because you're effectively it's the difference between the, the, the price and the debt, or and so you're it's growing that. Um, so I think I think that saying of getting to your first million net worth, people say million cash is a little hard, but million net worth is tough. I think after that point, it starts to compound because of the information that you've gathered and the practices that you're doing. Um, so I, I feel I, I, I try not, to, I feel, I feel. I guess, I guess however you feel is, is in comparison to someone else that you may know who is not worth as much, right? That will maybe make you feel better. I do know one thing that, you know, you get this like Instagram post that has been shared around in terms of where should your net worth be at a certain age? I don't know who came up with it. Um, yeah, that thing we blew out the water, innit? So um, go on, sure. You're next. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Go on. But, um, but yeah, I feel cool. I feel pretty cool. But it's, it's, it's you got to really focus on how you stretch and, and create the gap between between the, the valuation and the debt. It's it's not it's not. Um, and I would say the, the like P. What you just mentioned there, right, is the majority of people don't even know what their net worth is. Like, I can even but say, you could say. But then you could say, do they care? No, but I agree. But, but, but only talking about they don't even know it's even a, a metric, right? And and that metric actually Met starts you. It, exactly. It, starts it makes you start to think a different way. I I'll be honest with you. Prior to me turning 30, I didn't know what my net worth was. I knew okay. there was a metric out there, but I didn't know what it was. I knew you could, if you ask me how much assets do I have, I can give you that number, right? I can no, give you all of these, but actually sitting down and formulating it, a lot of people don't do it. And I would say to a lot of our listeners, the first thing you need to, you know, like I think they say, are oh, people that go to a meeting or whatever is, the first thing you're going to admit is that you have a problem or that there's a problem there, right? Need help. And visibility allows you to say, okay, look, this is my current condition and this is my situation. Am I in minus? Am I in zero? Am I 100K, 200K, half a million, a million, whatever number it is. By knowing where you stand, you can then start to put together a goal and a plan. And that's the only reason I did my network, to be able to put a goal and a plan. I was worth, I was worth 210 pounds and 97 pence in 2007. Come a long way, man. Exactly. I'm a long way. I'm for that reaction. Question, guys, real quick. Now, I, thought, I thought of an album name. Nothing, nothing changed. Take this question, take this question, and then run, run with your idea. Would you care about your net worth if you was financially free, let's say earning 20,000 pounds a month? So let's say passively, yes. right? And your net worth, I know this wouldn't work per se because it needs to be, but let's say your net worth, because we're talking about if it's an ego thing or not, right? Yeah. If your net worth was say 50, 100,000 pounds. Whatever right? number you say, yes. The reason is yes is because how am I making that money? When I die, will I be able to pass that down? My net worth is what I can pass down. I could pass so, down my stocks. I could pass down my pensions. I could pass out any properties that I own outright with my net worth. With just a passive amount, I don't know if it's rent to rent, right? If I pass away, I need to return those houses to the land. I'll pass that down to my kids. <laughs> Wait, so you're basically saying, it, if you was making twenty thousand a month, 
passive, yeah. but your net worth was 100,000, very unrealistic. Yeah. That would matter to you because that's not a lot of money. Yeah, because in the grand scheme of if I, because if I pass away and die, mm. right, I think about what can I pass down to my kids? And I look mm. at it like, now we're getting in that conversation, like I mentioned with my mom, and putting together a will. They ask you basically, like, what do you own to your name? Ownership is key. Ownership is what you pass down, strong, not your yeah, income. Strong, strong answer, strong answer. Yeah. That's just that's just killed my whole flow, but in a great in a great way because I think I was on a wave where I was about to say like I'm trying to make a, I'm trying to make a case for not focusing so much on your net worth more your free cash flow, but Olu Olu that's a, that's a very very critical point in the sense of that is what you passed on. I, I guess I knew that, but, but I was trying to find a way of even if you it. are focusing on that cash flow, yeah, it's fine if you're using that cash flow to increase yeah, yeah, your true, yeah, true. otherwise. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Sure. Let um give a give a couple give a couple points and then we'll we'll, we'll move into this self-worth for the next 10 minutes. Um so the question P is how does um I think how does it make you feel your net worth? How does it make me feel? Um, this, and this is coming from a guy that spends boy. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say he knows that to put that money to work. <laughs> <laughs> now you guys are giving the wrong impression. I'm not that much of a crazy spender anymore. I'm a bit more sensible. Now I think generally I'm actually quite happy. I'm just conscious that I think in relative terms, we're all quite fortunate in terms of where we started. And I'm just conscious that I don't lose that advantage and I keep pushing on. So I think that's probably the big thing, big thing for me is where I can already, I already sense that if I take three months off the gas and I have to focus on stuff that isn't necessarily income or asset generating, I sense that I already become a few steps behind where I should be. So it's just continuously keeping that push on. Um, and then eventually, I guess I would want to slow down a bit. But I think at this stage, while I'm still healthy, mobile, um, relatively Commitment free. You know what you said? Oops. Relatively, I was going to shout single. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> I was thinking, how do I word this? Uh, but, that's, that's the only thing, but generally, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Just to quickly go around before we move on to self worth, is there a target net worth that you're aiming for? It doesn't have to be like next year, five years. It could be even be 25 years. If so, what is that number? If not, move on to the next person. Very Daniel. quick for me. Very quick. I can answer that very quick. I don't have a target for net worth. I do have a target for assets and I do have a target for cash flow. But I, bet your target, I bet your target for assets on the money is 100 million. Maybe we're, like This guy, maybe, he might be brown, yeah, but we're the same, bro. It's just like, I haven't even spoken to him about it. I don't I think know what my, it is. I think my back's a little bit stronger, though. Um... <laughs> I just realized what you said. No, I, I think I just personally think it would be cool to manage 100 million um, in, in a couple of decades' time. I said decades to sound humble. Go ahead, Daniel. No, no, um, no target for net worth. Daniel's too rich, man. That's why he just he's just chilling. Go on. No, no target for net worth. In, inheritance is deep. <laughs> Olu, Olu's thinking deep. Um, I would say same as Daniel. I don't have a target. But I probably have a, a target where I will slow down, if that makes mm, sense. Okay, go ahead. So it's because true. I just I don't feel like you you should have a target and then just say, oh, you know what, I'm done. Cool. It doesn't in my mind that doesn't make sense, right? It's I I think it's a combination of two. I think it's if I'm transparent, is a net worth of one million and uh cash flow of 
um, close like four, five K a month. Um, and then I can, and when I mean cash flow, I mean outside Free. of work, not yep. like working. So that cash flow, and then I could slow down and everything just becomes more. I'll still be focusing it, but not, it's not right now. What I hate is it takes too much of a priority and you need to be heavily oh. grinding for it. And there's more to life than that. Right. So I want to just get out of my mind, say, okay, I'm making sure my kids going forward are going to start from a, a better place. Maybe. And I will have that passive amount to just focus on what truly matters. So it will. Um, no, I think, I think just on that point, Olu, I think the saying is um, you have to work hard enough not to work hard. So we're all, we're all on that path. Um, now we've discussed um, uh, a couple of insights from billionaires and how they've created their wealth. We've spoken a little bit about, we've transitioned into net worth and what do we think of that? What's interesting, I guess I couldn't not put this as part of the episode, is self-worth. Now, I'm being completely transparent here. I haven't, this is actually probably the first time that I've even paid attention to what this potentially could mean and, and, and how do I perceive it? So I guess I want to open the question to what does, what does self-worth mean to you? Is it something that you have thought about, paid attention to? And how can you track it, right? A bit all in one, because we've got probably about 10 minutes left, maybe less. Um, who wants to go first? It's a tough one. For me, it is, certainly. For, for me, I'm struggling a bit to know what does self-worth mean. Okay, let's do it. When you say it's self-worth, what is your... What what um context are you using it in? Yeah, because you might have different definitions. Of it. Good question, can you, Daniel? Can you Google it just to get some guidance? I have no idea. No, no, I'm, I'm talking because when I when I think of self worth, I think of like self respect, self esteem. How do you she how you look at yourself? Ability to say so. no. Say it, say it, Olu. She wants the ability to say no and not be a part in the streets. <laughs> no, I think I think no, it's, I think I, it's, I, I think I, it's, I, it's I, your. I, your 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 moral your moral compass, right? It's like your your how others how, okay. So let me let me let me let me wrap a bit. So your moral compass, how how others see you, um, your ability to perhaps give back, um, everything that's non-monetary, um, um, your self-love, you know, your health, you know, these. I guess these moral compass might give. <laughs> so so it's it's. Um, it's a lot of things, but I think, I guess the whole point of it was when I say self-worth, we can all define it maybe differently. What does it mean to you? And, and, and how do you build it? Or how do you I think, think you build it? I think in, in a quick response to how do you build it, you build it by building others. Mm, because ultimately yourself, your self-worth is about your self-esteem, your confidence. You can build that by building other people and bringing other people up. That in turn will then build your own self self-worth because it's not something that's quantified it's not something that's quantified you can't put a number in it it's something that's inherent with you it's within your character within your values so if you're not someone who is naturally like that and you don't take a strong um it's not something you're conscious of and you want to do your self-worth is always going to be low so you might try and find it by you know substance abuse or other you know or alcohol abuse or other things other means that can be a detriment to your body but ultimately it comes from within. And I feel like you can build that up by looking at other people and helping them, not saying that you're better than them, but where you may identify someone with a low confidence, low self-esteem, you help them and build them at the same time. Mm. Yeah, I think we can end the episode right now. 
Olu, Daniel, Olu, sure. I know you guys are thinking. Think for me, self love is sorry. Self um, worth is self love. Self so, so when you love yourself um, to a certain extent, you know what you're worth. You'll know what you accept. You'll know what to say no to. Um, and I think a lot of times, a lot of people that lack. I think you can answer this in multiple ways. If we're connecting it to net worth the way i'll connect it is i'll say self-worth is your freedom right i think a lot of times we there's a term saying f you money right like what is your f you money right because there's a lot of times where you don't want to do something or you feel like that you're undervalued or whatever but you have to stay there because you need that check right so that freedom gives you the self-worth in one instance yeah. But then self-worth with money means nothing if you don't have self-love. So if you don't know your value, then you start to mm. substance abuse and all of that stuff like that you just mentioned there. So for me, it's a multiple of, I would say, self-love and freedom. When you have, when you build both of them, you will truly know your value. Poetry. That's poetry. That's why I mean, it was key. I mean, I've, I've Olu's on fire today. Olu's on fire today. You got some serious points. I've been listening to the that? previous episodes and the way the way Daniel is just always on point. I was like, okay, Olu, you need to step up your game. Olu. I've been letting down the teeth. Right, Daniel, Daniel's been carrying us for too long on this podcast. No, that's true. That's true. That's true. No, that's true. Um, Shaw's, Shaw's, um he's he's he's. <laughs> It's clearly a great question because for ourselves, because clearly she was taking time to figure it out. I'm just um, trying to I'm maybe, just trying maybe to... before you go. I think I think I um I meant to give you more time to think. Um I think um I I certainly aligned with what Daniel if I think myself, I think the more value I can put into others, the more I guess I boost my own personal value, right? So you spoke about the ability to build others up. If I can continue to pass on my advantage to more people, then that could be a way of measuring my ability, my self-worth, because I've helped others, I've perhaps inspired others or got others to see greatness in, within themselves. And they've gone on to do other things. So that chain reaction, I think that plus, I'm a big believer in firing on all fronts. So having your health, having your, your wealth, I know it's not a wealth topic, um, this, but having your love and happiness, I think having those going i think boost your your personal self-worth that makes sense that makes sense to me right now um but yeah i think i think daniel's point i think it's a lot it's connected to a lot it's it's connected to others sure what are you thinking yeah so it's, it's a tough one because actually I, I agree with all of you guys i'm just trying to think what, what would be the different perspective that i could add um, because I, I definitely, especially Daniel's point about self-worth being represented through how many people you help. But I think building on Olu's side, I think a lot to get to the position to help others, you need to really love yourself first. Mm. Because it's very difficult to help others if you're low on confidence, if you're not the healthiest that you should be, if you're not as focused as you should be. So I think actually my perspective of self-love is probably anchoring in how much discipline do you have for yourself in your own life, whether it's mm -hmm. financially, through health, through your habits? Because I think if you really respect yourself as much as you should, um, 
then you'd say no to the easier thing short term to have the long term benefits, whether that's in net worth, whether that's in health, whether that's in helping others. So I think for me, it's probably the the self-discipline because I, I feel the ones who are the most disciplined with themselves, you could argue probably have the most worth on their future um, because they're trying to implement that. And it's funny, too, I saw this um, meme which resonated so well, where it was like, um, being broke is hard, being wealthy is hard. Being overweight is hard, being healthy and fit is hard. Choose. So no matter what, both of them are going to be difficult, Mm. right? It's just choosing which difficult you want. No, guys, um, I, 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 was, I, was, I was just going to end and say in, in kind of this topic and it's kind of, we all think about long-term, think about future and you're thinking about a massive net worth, self-worth, etc. But, you know, there's there are many things you can attain, many things you can, you know, acquire in life. But remember, whatever you do for yourselves, you take to the grave. Whatever you do for others, you leave behind. Right. Just give that one a moment of silence for a second. Let that breathe. Daniel, want to say that one more time? Whatever you do for whatever you do for yourself, you take to the grave. Whatever you do for others, you leave behind. And guys, there you have it. Another episode. Um, thoroughly enjoyed this one. Um, some really, really good insights, um, perspectives shared. Um, we encourage you to have a look at the Billionaires Explained um, um, series on Netflix. Any thoughts and um, ideas, share it in the comments on our page and think about your own personal, definitely look at your net worth if you haven't already, um, but certainly look into what self-worth means to you and how is that something you can actually um, uh, build moving forward. Cool. Um, Who's wrapping? Daniel. Thank you all for listening to episode 63. We hope you stay well, especially during these times. Stay healthy, stay with family, stay with loved ones, stay connected. If you want to talk, our DMs are always open. Find us on Instagram at Take Flight Podcast or email us at takeflightpodcast at gmail.com. See you soon. Take care. God bless. Take off, take off.